to the Boom Tequila Podcast with your hosts. I'm Jody, And I'm Erin. And today we are taking you on a course of Enneagrams 101. That was a weird way to word that. We're talking about the Enneagram. We are going to go through what the Enneagram is and look at each of the different nine types and then provide some kind of fun info about each type. So I think this will be a really interesting episode, whether you have never heard of the Enneagram or you already know what type you are. I think you'll probably be able to take at least something away from this episode. That'll be really fun. Yeah. So what is an Enneagram? This is actually an ancient model used to categorize various personality types. In the Enneagram, there are nine personality types identified that are labeled as numbers one through nine. And each number has certain traits associated with it. Everyone will have one main or dominant type, which will be their number. But just like with astrology and a sun sign, there are elements from the other types that are gonna play a role in your overall personality if you dive way deep into it. Each Enneagram type is rooted in your most basic fear. The thought is that all of these other things, how you behave, your personality, are driven by this underlying core fear or weakness. Now, I know that seems like a grim look, but it is actually really interesting when you can start to identify those things and how they impact you. Some self-awareness that is necessary for good growth. One thing that I've heard here is that the more accurate, um, is that it's more accurate for someone to really think about what these core elements are when it comes to knowing which number or type they are versus say an online quiz, which may not always be as accurate. So uh, when you're just looking at your wants and current behaviors, so looking at really identifying those core fears that resonate with you, which we are going to go through is probably the best way to figure out which number you are. And I've heard multiple people say that when you get into things that start to make you feel really uncomfortable or embarrassed, it's a sign that you might be on your type. And I found this true for mine. Uh, So you'll probably see or hear rather what we mean by that when we get to that part of it, but keep that in mind. Oh boy. So now we're going to go over each type. So if you don't know which number you are, you definitely want to pay attention. And if you do know your type, you may want to see if anything resonates. Also feel free to guess what friends are as we go, because that is always a fun game. All right. So the first one, we're going to go in order one through nine. We're going to kick it off with number one and the ones are also labeled as the perfectionist or the reformer and their core fear or weakness is being bad, corrupt, or defective. Their desire is to be good, fair, and balanced. This person feels compelled to fix everything. They tend to always see the errors and mistakes and they have a tendency to push anger down and internalize it and foster resentments. They tend to feel like they do more than everyone else and can resent people around them for this burden that they have, feeling like others are not doing enough and they're overwhelmed. In fact, one fun test that I heard to try on someone who's a one is, or who you think might be a one is to load the dishwasher and let them know that you did it. And if they see your work and are just like really frustrated and sigh and end up redoing it, they could be a one. Obviously that test isn't a hundred percent accurate because more people might do that, or you could have just done a really awful job, but (laughs) it's definitely (laughs) ones are going to be more likely to have that type of a response. Man, I feel like that one was so negative. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really sorry. I feel like I missed some of the, 
some of the good parts of a one, but a one is also really like rational and self-controlled and just a, in general, a perfectionist, like the name says. So at their worst, they can feel like they're always right and everyone else is wrong. Be overly critical while not practicing what they preach, condescending and punitive. What does that mean? Punitive. Punitive. What's that mean? Punitive means kind of like extreme punishments or like harsh punishments. Like, um, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Like they might punish people. Oh, I was like, we're uh, talking about our kinks and fetish episode. I know, not in a sexual way, maybe in a sexual way. Honestly, I don't know. know. Um, Okay. And then, but at their best, ones can be wise and well-principled and inspiring and insightful, hardworking, committed, and really helpful. So it's, yeah. Very nice. All right. Our next one is two, the helper, which we know a few of these, their core fear or weakness. Two's greatest fear is being unloved or unwanted. Their desire is to be loved, but specifically they need to feel needed. Two's are very tuned into your feelings. In fact, they may even know what you're feeling before you do, but they're often pretty detached from their own feelings. Two's are definitely caregivers and they can tend to people, please. They'll want to take care of your emotional needs and offer great support, but they will want you to meet their emotional needs without telling you what they're feeling because they have a really hard time communicating their own needs. A two wants love, but will settle for appreciation. Their worst twos can be overly involved in your life, obsessive, manipulative, resentful, and try to get others to feel bad or guilty or indebted for past helps that they've provided. At their best, they are sweet, compassionate, humble, and empathetic. They radiate loving energy that people will feel comfortable around and drawn to. Threes. This is the achiever or performer. A three's core weakness is, or fear, uh, their greatest fear is being worthless. Their desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. So threes have a strong need to succeed and they tend to be compulsive doers where a two can connect to the individual and read one person's feelings. The threes are usually reading everyone in the room. They're able to analyze their audience, so to say, and figure out what will impress people. Threes are really good at figuring out what you want and masking or almost performing in a way that will connect with and impress people. If there's something that they don't think they can succeed at, they often won't even try or put in any effort. A three wants love, but will settle for admiration. So at their worst, threes can be opportunistic, jealous, and willing to do whatever it takes to succeed, including sabotaging others. At their best, threes are adaptable, successful, charming, charitable, and confident with a witty sense of humor. Next is fours, the individualist or romantic, their core fear or weakness. Fours greatest fear is being insignificant or having no identity. Their desire is to create a unique identity and be significant. Fours may always have this feeling like something is missing. They might feel like an outsider who never fully fits in, but they also have a sense of needing to be unique or stand out in a way that makes them special. They can have tendencies towards sad emotions and melancholy, but don't tell them to cheer up. They actually don't mind this space and can find connection with themselves and others through deeper and darker emotions. 
some fours may feel like they don't have feelings. They are their feelings. A lot of feelings with the fours, a lot. (laughs) I think we know at least one of these two. Yeah, definitely. At their worst, fours can struggle with self-hatred and feel emotionally blank. They might be prone to depression, self-harm, or try to drive people away that are trying to help them. At their best, they can be extremely creative, artistic, and able to turn any experience into something exciting and meaningful. They can be confident, secure in who they are, emotionally strong, compassionate, and funny. And then we have fives. Fives are the investigators or observers, and their core fear or weakness is being helpless or incapable. Their desire is to be competent and capable. So fives are the most emotionally distant and analytical ones on the Enneagram. They tend to withdraw and disengage when it comes to relationships, and they need a lot of alone time. They have a very small amount of energy to give to relationships. They really don't like to rely on others at all. And they would often rather watch life go by observing from a distance than participate in it. They're very analytical and they like to question everything and learn lots of random information. At their worst, they can be isolated and withdrawn, not wanting to participate in social engagements. They might reject others or act in a way to repulse people. They can become obsessed with delusions and create scenarios in their head that they obsess over and lash out because of. Holy shit, I know one of those. (laughs) So anyway, fives. At their best, fives can offer excellent insight and feedback with a wealth of interesting knowledge. They can be visionaries and able to master a lot of different skills. So next is six, loyalist or skeptic. Core fear or weakness, sixes fear not having any support or guidance. Sixes are actually the most common type on the Enneagram. So more people are sixes than any other number. And these can be people who hold friend groups or communities together. They are always worried about what will go wrong, though. Sixes tend to either want to submit to authority, finding safety and security in authority, or they might want to lash out and rebel against authority if they believe authority has caused them to feel unsafe. But they're always worried about safety and probably a little anxious. At their worst, they can feel inferior and look to others to solve all of their problems, particularly authority figures. They can be self-destructive, insecure, passive-aggressive, and highly divisive. At their best, sixes will be reliable, trustworthy, and able to bring people together. They can be loyal and loving friends who are self-assured, affirming of those around them, and they will be able to maintain really healthy interdependent relationships when they're at their best. All right. So next is sevens, the enthusiast or adventurer. A seven's greatest fear is being deprived or in pain. You want to just do the desire too, and then, okay. wait, yeah. And then we'll get back to the green. Okay. Gotcha. Their desire is to be happy and content with all of their needs fulfilled. Sevens are the joy bomb of the Enneagram to quote, like multiple, everyone that says this, <laughs> literally everyone loves a seven. They can be the fun one, the life of the party. They always see the bright side of everything. 
Sevens are usually pretty extroverted. They're optimistic, adventurous, and full of great energy. Sevens typically have really gravitating personalities that people just love to be around. Sevens will always need something on the calendar to look forward to. And Jody is a seven and she's such a seven. <laughs> yes. I feel like you've got a little seven in you too, especially with the like need something on the calendar. Cause I feel like we have that conversation out. Like we got to get something down. We got to go. So at their worst sevens can struggle with impulsive, impulsive (laughs) with speaking impulsivity, mood swings and anxiety. They might suppress bad feelings and foster growing resentments. They might never want to face darker emotions and try to avoid them, which can be toxic if carried into adulthood. Funny story about like this. Yeah. I've been, I've been seriously working on this. And, um, some stuff going on right now that you know of, and I was just kind of sitting at my dining room table last night. And I was just like, my husband comes in and he's like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm trying to deal with negative emotions. I'm struggling with it. It is such a struggle, but I'm trying to just like, instead of just fucking ignoring them, like I always do, I feel like I need to feel things and I don't like it, but I did it for a little bit. And then I was like, "Mm, let's, uh, let's have some wine and party. (laughs) But you know what? I actually, I love that for you. And I've actually seen so much growth over the last few years in this area for you, because this definitely used to be something that you were like, "Eh, no, like it doesn't exist. Like, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) And, um, but I think it's healthy to do that. But I also think it's healthy to, once you felt it, let it go and move on and be happy then. And not like continue to live in that space. Exactly. Um, Yes. So I'm all for that too. All right. At their best, sevens are joyful, full of life, sentimental, and grateful. They are multi-talented and prolific. They can be great achievers, very responsive, and spreaders of great energy. A lot of great. I'm here for that. I'm here for it. I love it. (laughs) Next is eights, the challenger or protector. Their core fear or weakness is being harmed or controlled. Their desire is to feel in control of their life and protected. Eights have a strong presence and need insanity. Oh, no, no, no. Intensity. That's a typo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, eights. I like eights. (laughs) Eights have a strong presence and need intensity. They're drawn to conflict and can even connect over conflict. They do not want to be limited and are not afraid to oppose anyone who tries to hold them back. They can seem fearless. They're often very passionate and sexual. Eights can come off tough with a hard exterior, but this is actually rooted in fear. They're afraid of being vulnerable, which can be a true strength. So they put up walls and masks to feel a sense of protection. At their worst, eights can be ruthless, violent, and hard-headed. They can become vengeful and want to hurt anyone who doesn't do what they want them to. At their best, eights can achieve historical greatness and heroism. They'll protect those around them, be assertive, confident, and strong. They can make great leaders. Nines. This is the last one on the Enneagram. These are the peacemakers or mediators. And the core fear or weakness of a nine is loss, separation, and conflict. Their desire is to have peace of mind and harmony. Nines are easygoing, complacent even, and they tend to go with the flow. They are terrible liars and really not good under pressure. They tend to be out of touch with their own emotions. And this comes out in really passive aggressive ways. They want to include everyone and they want to understand everyone else's point of view. 
while totally neglecting their own views and feelings, nines are really trusting and supportive. At their worst, they can be extremely detached, block things out and dissociate from things that make them uncomfortable. They can be very repressed and completely abandon themselves to the point that they lose sight of who they are entirely. But at their best, they can be self-aware and autonomous, able to connect with others and foster really meaningful relationships. They can be stable, kind, optimistic, and supportive. All right. So one thing about the Enneagram is you have your each numbers. And if you've ever seen, there's like this diagram that goes with it and it has nine points on it. And it's kind of almost like a horseshoe shape. Anyways, within each of the the nine things, there's three categories. It's the head, heart, and gut or instinct. And divided by three, there's so three types fall into each one of these. And we're going to go through those now. The heart led types are two, three, and four. Those led by the heart can be more guided by emotions. These are also the most image conscious types. Head types are five, six, and seven. Head types like to analyze and rely on mental planning to gain control over potentially dangerous or painful situations. Instinct or gut types are eight, nine, and one. These types tend to be very independent and lean on strong intuition for guidance and decision-making. Yes. And then another thing that, uh, place role into honestly there's so many things I could have made this like a five-hour episode but I was like stop yourself <laughs> but this one I thought was just really interesting it's these like childhood patterns or childhood wounds that are often tied to each type and yeah I just I think they're interest an interesting uh part of it so uh number ones part of their childhood patterns or wounds is that they perhaps were always uh, tried to be good and wanted to always be right. Twos might have been praised for helping others and always wanted to please and serve others. Maybe they had to take care of others to receive love and feel loved. Threes might have felt like it wasn't okay to have their own identity. They might have felt like they are not enough on their own or their value was based in their achievements. Four, maybe felt like it's not okay to be too happy. Might have felt growing up like they were different from family or just too much. And fives might have felt like it's just not okay to be too comfortable. And they might have dealt with a lot of anxiety. Six might have felt really concerned with safety and wanting to know what's going to happen. Not feeling like they can trust their own instinct and really looking to others for decisions and guidance. And sevens might have grown up feeling like they cannot really trust or depend on people. Ultimately, they might have felt like or decided that they have to create their own happiness. And they might have even felt slightly emotionally neglected as a child. Eights may have felt like they had to grow up fast, possibly felt rejected or not accepted as a child. And nines might have felt like it's not okay to assert yourself or speak out. They might have felt invisible and like it can be hard to identify or connect with their feelings. They might have felt like they needed to downplay their own feelings to keep the peace. And there was another one. I think I, I want to say it was the two that also was like, they might have felt like they had to grow up too fast and like care for everyone and kind of like take on an adult role before yeah. they were really an adult or whatever. Um, but other stuff, um, these were just a few fun other facts about the Enneagram that didn't really fit anywhere else. (laughs) So the Enneagram was originally rooted in the seven deadly sins with the addition of two more. Yes. And it's actually really interesting. If you know your type and you want to look it up, I think it's really interesting. So I'm a three, which is like the achiever one or whatever. And I think that my 
deadly sin is deceit, which when I first read it, I was like, like, I'm not like, I don't really lie. So, (laughs) but then I like read the description and it's like, it's not deceit. Like you lie. It's like deceiving yourself to the point that like, you can start to feel like you are the image you portray out and have a hard time kind of really learning and being super self-aware to know who you are so that you're projecting from the inside out, not reflecting the image inward. And that actually did like, you know, resonate a lot more with me. And I was like, okay, that, that really makes sense. And so they're really interesting. And the the deadly sins, if they're all more, I would say like that in the sense that they're reflective and interesting of kind of personal insight for whatever your type is more than like, I don't know, whatever else. No, that's really cool. Um, But yeah, there are also growth opportunities for each type that are really helpful when it comes to personal development. One guy who lectures on Enneagrams stated that threes and sevens are the hardest to watch do shadow work or work through darker emotions. I thought that was really funny because I was like, that's me and Jody. Like, we're like the two, the ones that like don't love dealing with those darker emotions the most. (laughs) No, we don't. It's uh, it's cool if we just like put our blinders on and just totally avoid them. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) But, but that doesn't mean we should, because that's the whole thing with the Enneagram is like to be that best version, you have to do that. What they call shadow work, which is like addressing those darker sides. Or like you said, allowing yourself to feel those feelings, even though it's uncomfortable. And then, yeah, you can move on from it. But like, if you want to be your best self, not allowing those things that can be that you might feel more susceptible to more susceptible to in that worst area to really drown out all the good stuff so that you can be the best version, whatever. That's rambly. Anyways, just like with astrology and your sun sign, each Enneagram type has three subtypes. So there's really just so much more to learn once you know your number. It's just the beginning. I mean, it doesn't have to be just like with astrology. If you do it just for fun and you think it's interesting, just knowing your sign is going to be really insightful for you. But if you want to dive deeper into it, there's a lot to dive into. Knowing more about your type can help you to identify things you need to work on tendencies that you have and be a healthier functioning person living your best life. So if you want to know more, there's books, there's tons of YouTube videos. There's lots of actually, I think this is really interesting. I've never used one, but I've always thought it's interesting. Enneagram coaches that will actually work with you one-on-one in unpacking everything and setting goals and like really deep diving into understanding your Enneagram and like all the specifics about it. So that's out there too. And I'll try to link some of the resources. I'll link the references and um, some of that stuff in the show notes, but all right, that's all we have on the Enneagram. And now it's time for Joe Jam. Right. Uh, This week for Joe Jam, I have um, once again, I feel like I just had Morgan Wallen last week, but he just released another song and it's uh, Morgan Wallen featuring Ernest. And the song is called Flower Shops. And it's, it's really, really good. If you haven't heard it, check it out. That's awesome. I have uh, two actually this week. So this one is called Wave Gods and it's by Nas and ASAP Rocky. And then there's a new song out by Miranda Lambert called Y'all Means All. And it's, it's a really fun song and it's really good. And I love Miranda Lambert. Like I love a strong like independent bad bitch and I feel like she's like right there dude we still haven't been to her bar yet I know well I went inside of it I went inside of it but it was daytime 
And <laughs> I didn't like order anything. We need to you go. You weren't with me. It doesn't count. No, it definitely doesn't count. I was with my mom who was in a wheelchair Aww. and couldn't get in the door. So it was like not the same vibe as if we were going <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And now it's time to dish bish. You better dish bish. Better dish on the bish. <laughs> dish <your bish. laughs> I don't know. That was going to like go differently in my head. And you that was freaking not- bish on your bish on your dish i'm a dish bish a motherfucking dish bish <gasps> i do my own thing in my own time maybe i'll answer maybe I'm maybe done. i'm busy maybe i'm busy i forget the word is that at antwood anyways rich bitch, that's our, but like, there's another joe jam song for you die you antwood go. yeah rich bitch a rich bitch anyways um that's yeah. people don't want it you all didn't come here to hear me sing <laughs> I did. And uh, <laughs> you can imagine that. Oh, no, I singing has never been a talent of mine ever, ever. All right. So for Dish Bish today, we are going to do some questions. These are random. I don't know what we're going to get. So what would you never, ever want my help with? Oh, gosh. What your help with? That's a really tough one because I feel like anytime I have a question about anything or like I need advice or like literally anything, you're the first person I go to. So what would I not want your help with? Wow. That's a really hard question. Do you have an answer? I would not want your help with like fixing something on my car. (laughs) That's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to do it myself either, but I wouldn't. Dude, I can't even like move the seats in cars half the time. Um, let's see. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, Joey doesn't even get her own gas. She's not going to like change my oil or something. That's true. <laughs> wow. Can I have the same? Is it cheating if I have the same answer? Oh, it's totally fine. Okay. I would want your help with putting gas in my car. Cause you've done that for me a million times, but anything else car stuff. Yeah. I did put oil in my Jeep like a month ago by myself really because there was none in there there was none (laughs) that's a problem apparently you're supposed to have oil in your vehicles yeah I don't I don't see why same thing with lawnmowers like I apparently don't know how to take care of a lawnmower because they never last me more than like a year oh no and I don't understand and then my sister's like well did you change the oil on it did you I'm like it's a lawnmower right you put gas in it and she's like I don't know, whatever. Apparently I'm an idiot and I fuck, fuck lawnmowers up, but I need to go back to just having someone do it for me. Whatever. Anyways. Oh, that's a dumb question. Do any of your friends not like me? Let's go ahead and hurt my feelings on this <laughs> On this one. Tell me who hates me. If, um, I, if I had any friends that didn't like you, they wouldn't be my friend anymore. Yeah. You hear Period. that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This one. Have you... Oh my gosh, who are these written for? These are supposed to be like adult <laughs> cards. And it's like, have you ever been in love? Okay. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to do five second rule. And you have to say quickly the first three words that come to mind when I say the word. Pete Davidson. Wiener, weird blonde, bleached hair. And I know it should be Kim Kardashian, but it's Ariana Grande. <laughs> Loves it. Do. Giraffes, um, a bar in this little janky town near where I grew up and, um, Eagles. <laughs> awesome. All right. Next card penis. 
<laughs> Pete Davidson, Aaron Carter. No, poor Aaron, Aaron Carter. Carter. You know he has a pencil dick, you right? Know he does. He's you not know either he like does. a pencil dick or like one of those little squishy Wait, fat ones. Didn't you watch his porno? Oh, that's right. It's not. I don't think it is a pencil dick. I can't remember. I don't either. Anyway, it wasn't memorable, whatever it was, but I don't think it was a pencil dick. Okay, so we got Pete Davidson, and Aaron Carter for penis. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Pete Davidson, Aaron Carter, and Gerard Butler. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Next word: bikini wax. Oh gosh. Ah, uh, painful. Lots of pain. Ouch. Uh, it's winter, so I'm not doing that right now. And I would never wear a bikini in my life anyway. So one piece swimsuit with a big cover up. <laughs> You're not answering them either. <laughs> because once you say it, then you've already thought of it. Oh, okay. So you can do some for me next if you want. Oh, God. Um, okay. Nashville. Oh, um, tin roof. Now I'm thinking of Miranda Lambert's bar and loaded tater tots. Okay. And last <laughs> one, uh, good sex. <laughs> no, I can change Vib- it. Vibrator. <laughs> Vibrator. I know. I'm just kidding. Anal. Anal base. <laughs> no. Like, it's an O. Oh, an orgasm. <laughs> I was trying to give you a, a hint of a help. <laughs> you're, like, you're like a big one. <laughs> led to a big old baby and this is a fully dilated cervix <laughs> okay so you had vibrator orgasm and fully dilated cervix and pregnant and pre- yeah sure pregnant say it one more time pregnant sure okay <laughs> perfect those yes. were so good oh man really good answers yeah and do you want to do some for me i don't really care yeah just- hold on I have three. Just give me a moment. Okay. All right. Um, Kanye West. Yeezys, Kim Kardashian, and what are those? Those are clothes. I know that's not one word, but <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> and then Kim Kardashian crying. All right. Um, I love not- that meme. Like, she's so proud of North for that. No. I freaking love Kim Kardashian. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I love her. <laughs> Anyways. All right um crocs socks blocks docks cocks cocks because you know that song it's like walking blocks and blocks and crocs and socks yeah i don't know it's like on tiktok i don't know what song it is but anyways that's what anyways. i thought of um chris young douchebag <laughs> womanizer what was, what was the second one nashville oh nashville <laughs> And uh, one one night stands. You're thinking of a person, aren't you? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was thinking of <laughs> I was thinking of a phrase. Whatever, I'll just say it. I was like, uh, not not gonna orgasm. <laughs> Seriously, the statistic not- that a woman will orgasm on a one night stand with a man is like seven percent. So if you needed a reason to not have that one night stand, like remind yourself of that, ladies. You deserve yes. to orgasm. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Um, anyways, one night stand. Um, Nashville again. <laughs> I don't know. Um, not orgasming and uh condom. 
Fabulous. You definitely need one of those. If you're <laughs> travel one night stand. Those are great. Those, okay. those are all I have. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you so much. <laughs> I don't know what I'm on something. I'm, I'm not on something, but I feel like I'm on something tonight because I'm saying girl. Really anyway, well, crack is whack. We love you. Don't do crack. No. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram and pod boom TikTok at boom tequila podcast. Write us a really nice review and tell everyone how sexy you think we are. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. You got a pussy. (laughs) A big wide vagina. Is that what that is?